I was, uh, I was a young kid when I started playing video games. Back when I started, you actually had to go to a, a, a store or a, or a facility that had them plugged into their walls and you put quarters in. Does anybody remember what that was like? And then they, they uh, made them into these home systems, Atari being one of the first ones. And I would just go over to my friend's house in the dead of winter in northern Maine when there was nothing else to do, and we would just sit in front of these screens and play uh, Missile Command and Space Invaders and, uh, come on, right? The real games. Frogger, thank you. We had joysticks, and we loved them. They were great. Anyway, uh, the end of those games, though, I was always marked by how... Uh, how uh, abrupt or how e even almost cruel they were when they ended. The final screen, almost all those games uh, either said that some version of like the end or like was on your bulletins today, you lose. What a horrible thing to say to a little kid who's playing a game. <laughs> you lose. They softened it after a while. Did anybody notice that? that if you, go to, if you pl play games now, they, off they offer you play again. That's how they ask you a question at the end of a game now. Play again. But when we were growing up, in the tougher America that we were a part of. <laughs> it was, you lose. Uh, Americans don't like hearing that. We don't like what we just sang about. Surrender, that's not us. We win. U-S-A, right? But a huge uh, part, almost the entirety of the Christian life is gracefully and willfully losing. Ever thought of it that way? There's power in surrender. Doesn't make sense, but it's true. If you and I want the most of this life that we have with Christ, we have to learn to submit, to lose, and to choose it. Jesus was early in his teaching when he said this. He said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And he starts this uh, Sermon on the Mount of his, uh, saying things like, uh, uh, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. These are all losers in, in society. But he says, hey, if you, if you want the best life, that's what blessed means. If you want to be the, the best that you can be and have the best life you can have, choose these things. Because the meek are going to inherit the earth. And when, I, I've taught you this a bunch of different times, but let's just hit it again. Meek doesn't mean weak. It rhymes, but it doesn't mean weak. Meek is actually being in a position of strength and saying, you know what? I'm going to lay down my rights. I'm going to lay down my win. I'm going to let God win in my life. I'm going to let others be more important in my life. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Paul writes uh, here in uh, the text that we're going to study today in Ephesians chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me, but he writes at the end of the uh, preaching I'm going to give you today these words. He says, uh, be filled with the Spirit, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That word submitting is hupotasso. It means to put myself beneath. And he says, if you want to show that you're filled with the Spirit, you'll learn to be submitted in your relationships. And we're going to spend the next four weeks talking about that about uh, the power of losing, the blessedness of submission. Now, we're going to see it show up in just real practical ways. We're going to talk about marriage for the next two weeks. If you're married or wanting to be married uh, someday, uh, you should be here the next two weeks because we're going to talk about what Paul, um, by the anointing and, and direction of the Holy Spirit, has to say about marriage. 
And we're going to find that in, in both of the marriage partners, the man and the woman, submission is the key. Laying down one's life is the key. Uh, in the last week of this four-week series on, on losing, uh, we're going to talk about uh, child and parent relationships. We're going to talk about relationships that happen outside the home. And we're going to see again that the key to success in those things is putting yourself beneath, choosing to lose. Uh, I hope you'll uh, join me for all of these weeks. I hope you'll bring your friends, because I think they're going to be important weeks in the development of people's understandings of the way that God has created them and the way that he hopes that they will live. Uh, so we'll start that this morning. Before we do that, we're going to take our offering, so if uh, our ushers can kind of get in position to do that. Yeah, you can celebrate the offering. I want to just make uh, clear a couple things. First of all, I'm grateful for everybody that gives here. Thank you for all of you who give. Don't want to just kind of leave that. It's not just a, uh, you know, a uh, something that I take for granted. Uh, but I, I, I don't want to just thank you for giving. I want to applaud you for giving because you're doing a couple things. First of all, you're worshiping God. When we give, it's an act of worship. It's a sacrifice. We're saying, Lord, you are worthy, not just of my song and not just of my presence here in your room. You're worthy of the things uh, that I have and uh, the money that you've uh, granted me. So I give it back to you. It's also a great way to keep uh, from serving two masters. If you're a giver, uh, it's really hard to keep worshiping the money that you've given if you don't have it. <laughs> and so uh, God gives us this blessed opportunity to give. I'm going to be talking more about it as we go on this year, but I uh, just wanted to say before we take this offering, thank you uh, for those who do give. And, and please, if you aren't giving yet, if you've just kind of landed here or if you've never given, it's a huge part of you becoming the disciple that God desires you to be. Want to celebrate some things before we take the offering? Someone else put their faith in Jesus Christ this week for the first time. Give it up for that. Hey, God, for that. Uh, it's been a great week. It started off uh, a week ago this morning. Uh, we were all hanging out here. Who was here last week at our 25th anniversary? Anybody here for that? That thing was off the chain. Pretty cool. Uh, lots of pictures here of what happened there, but I'm just so grateful for the many. Uh, Keith was telling me out front, we had 95 people show up way before that service ever got going. They put on blue shirts and made sure that you had places to park and sit and uh, knew where to go, and uh, uh, they served uh, afterwards, you know, providing for our meal, and many of them actually didn't even make it to the service because they were watching your kids. Uh, I'm just so blessed to be a part of an amazing church. They've been serving God for 25 years, uh, but an amazing church of servants, and I esteem those of you uh, who served us last week in those special ways. Anybody ready for the next 25 years? I know I am. May God grant us his grace as we move forward in serving him. Yesterday, finally, in celebration news, uh, we uh, had a bunch of people join us up here for our run walk. Uh, I mostly ran, and uh, some of the people who were walking actually passed me. Um, but I did finish uh, and didn't pass out. Uh, it was just a great morning. I'll tell you what, it's one of my favorite things, you know, if you, even if you don't run or walk, just come up on uh, the next time we do this because I'm, I'm going to call it sweaty church. It's just sweaty church. You hang out as the body of Christ, uh, many people sweating, uh, and, but you just eat bagels and talk until ribbons are handed out. I mean, what, what's better? There's just, it's just a great morning. Uh, and then uh, 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 great things happen as a result, just to kind of give you some of the, of the stats here from our day together, 345 people ran. Uh, that, that was a lot of people running around our yard. 25 kids were running uh, around our building and had a great time, 29 uh, sponsors, and we raised $21,000 plus for missions. God is good. Now we're going to take the offering. Thank you, ushers, who've been standing for a long time. I'm going to pray first. Hang on, Titus. I'm going to pray first, and we'll start talking about losing. 
for the glory of God. Let's pray. God, thanks so much for a chance to open your word. Uh, thanks for making us your church. Uh, thanks for giving us to each other uh, for all the ways that you've blessed us for this life uh, that has uh, uh, forever been changed by uh, a decision for faith, for um, all the things we got to celebrate last week. Lord, we're grateful for our 25 years uh, as, as our beginning and, and hopeful and uh, expecting you to do great things in the years to come. Um, you, you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. You are the, the lover of our souls. You are the, <laughs> uh, the creator and sustainer of our lives. Uh, it is just a privilege to come and worship you. Uh, it is a blessing to hear from you in your word. And so as we open it now, and as we get these very just practical, um, easily understood principles in the things that we're going to read from Paul in his letter to the Ephesians today. Here's my simple prayer. Help us not to just sit here and nod. Uh, help us not to just, you know, go through another sermon, uh, spacing out and thinking about what comes next in our day. Help us to hear you and then help us to follow you and to walk with you in wisdom, uh, to live as you would have us so that you get the glory you deserve, so that we get the life that you want us to have. As always, get me out of the way, speak in my place, and I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. We talk about uh, the walk of the wise today, uh, the directions that God wants us to go. I uh, got done with my run yesterday morning, an elder came up here, we uh, went home, got cleaned up, and, and, uh, and then we decided to go have brunch. And, and Eleanor and I are one of those adventure eaters, especially her, but I'll, you know, she's trying to train me over 27 years of marriage to just kind of be like, hey, let's, you know, let's try something new. And so she found a restaurant. Some of you have been to it. Maybe it's called Mom's Place. It's up there off of Dale Mabry, you know, just north of the stadium. And uh, she said, let's go over there. And so I said, fine. We got in the car. We started driving. And I punched in Mom's Place's uh, address on our phone, because that's what you do now when you go places. Anybody would do that? Like, I don't... I didn't call, back in the day, 20, 30 years ago, you'd call mom's place. Hey, how do we get to you? Right? Well, you take a left here, turn right there. No, now you just punch it in your phone. And so we're, we're driving along, and, uh, and I'm, I'm coming up to where 75 and 60 kind of, you know, intersect. And uh, Siri, being the dummy that she is, is telling me to go straight down 60, you know, further down to 301 to get onto the Leroy Summit Expressway. I'm like, Siri, there's a perfectly good exit right here. And so I ignored Siri, and I swung up there on 75 and started heading south to an exit that was closed for the day. <laughs> and so I detoured all the way down to 301 near Riverview and came up Falkenberg, and I want to let you know, all of Tampa was on Falkenberg Road yesterday. <laughs> the entire region was driving their car uh, because everybody did the same thing that I did. Siri, come on, Siri. Everybody knows you could get on the cross town right there. It's so simple. We're not going where you're telling us to. We're going to go to Falkenberg with the other dummies. <laughs> and we're going to sit here for 15 minutes as we wait to get to the cross town. I got so frustrated in tra traffic. I said, babe, seriously, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Do you mind if we just go to a diner closer? And she said, fine. Our marriage is still great. Uh, uh, and we uh, didn't get to the place that she was hopeful for. Uh, but it reminded me one more time that good directions are only good for those who follow them. Isn't that true? It's totally true. You can get all kinds of good directions in life and good information and, hey, yadas and, and this would be nice and you probably shoulds and, and you can listen to them, yeah. But if you don't follow them, 
It didn't bring about the results that you could have had in life. Too often we're like the guy that Solomon was talking about in Proverbs. He said there is a way that seems right to a man, uh, but its end is the way to death. We're prone to wander like the old hymn states uh, and easily led astray. So I'm so grateful to God for inspiring Paul to write these next six verses that we're going to study in this book that we've been looking at all year called Ephesians. He's been saying some incredible things to them throughout this book. Uh, Travis did a great job talking to us a couple weeks ago about it, and I'll reference that in a second. But here in the first verse that we're studying today, he reminds us out of the shoot of how important it is to watch our steps to determine with him our path in life. He says this to the Ephesians. He says, look carefully then how you walk. Watch where you're going. Not as unwise, but as wise. I don't know if you kind of wake up every morning appreciating the fact that you've been created by a God who, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ by faith, who has created you again. He has given you new life in Christ. And he has not just saved you from your sin and eternally placed you in his presence in a place that we're going to you know, go to called heaven, but he has given you on a daily basis the path that you're meant to walk, a wise path, a path that will lead to your best in your relationships at home, in your relationships outside of home, in your life in general. He, he, he truly wants to lead us through life and, and offers us that grace on a daily basis. He goes ahead of us in life, anticipates the pileups, calculates our detours, and provides for us the best route possible. If only we will choose it. That's the rub. Jesus stands out in front of us saying, come on, this way, come on, come on. And we have the choice to follow or to head to Falkenberg. <laughs> Travis did an excellent job. I wish, I wish he'd learned to preach. <laughs> but he did an excellent job a, a couple weeks ago talking to us about this uh, passage that, that we read previously in this chapter. It says, uh, Paul says there to the Ephesians, for at one time you were darkness. Ephesians chapter two tells us that you and I walked uh, in the dark, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We followed the ways of the world and the ways of the devil, the spirit who's in charge of the world. We were darkness, but now, because of Christ, we are light. Not just in the light, we are light in the Lord. And so, if that's true, and it is, we should walk as children of light. For the fruit of light, verse 9, is found in all that is good and right and true. We should follow the things that Jesus is pointing us to, and try to discern what is pleasing to him. That's the daily mission of the Christ follower, is to stay in the light and avoid the dark. Don't start slipping back into the shade. Just follow him. You are light. He is light. Bring the lights together and just go where he goes. We all, we all understand the dangers of the dark. If, uh, if, if you're married or... Uh, you have a roommate that you know you, sh you share a, a room with, you know, maybe in college or something like that, um, and, and you're a considerate roommate, room sharer. Um, you, you'll come to bed after they're asleep, like I do a lot, all, well, almost every night with Eleanor. I'm the night owl; she's the early bird, and uh, and you'll you'll try to navigate that room without turning the lights on because turning the lights on is going to wake them up, and that's just a fight you don't want to have, right? 
And so I got a small, you know, comparatively a small bedroom. There's not a lot to navigate, but I, I can tell you that, I don't know what the percentage is, 30, 40% of the time, this shin still finds the base of our bed. I have no idea how I do that. Like, I, you know, okay, dresser, okay, chair in the corner, stay wide, stay wide, Mark, don't hit it. Bam! Oh my gosh! <laughs> right? And this is, this is what, it's not the light that wakes up my wife, it's this. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That pain that you can't verbalize? And she'll wake up and she'll be like, you did it again, didn't you? <laughs> like, yeah, babe, sorry. I was trying to be quiet. I was trying not to wake you up. But I should just learn, and I kind of have learned my lesson. I, I carry this around with me almost all the time when I'm in, and so this is my new flashlight. I'll just go. <laughs> Perfect for that. <laughs> That's why Paul tells us here in Ephesians 5 to look carefully. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Let's, let's talk about these two things, looking carefully and being wise. Looking carefully, he's basically saying, listen, in life, be tactical. Be tactical. Let me talk to all our ex-military and current military. Everybody understands tactical if you're in the military. You don't go into battle without having thought about it. In fact, our military practices fighting. Did you know that? War games. Like, they... they they have scenarios on top of scenarios on top of scenarios, plans A through Z as to what to do so that they can be the most effective on our, in our defense. I'm, who's grateful for that? Anybody grateful for that? USA. But what a great lesson for all of us. We, we should be careful, more careful than we probably are. In fact, in, if you're going to be wise and you're going to walk in the ways that Jesus has provided for you, there's an inordinate amount of careful necessary to make that happen. And for some of us, careful is a hard thing to do. Uh, let, me, let me rephrase. For all of us, careful is a hard thing to do. M maybe not in some areas. Maybe in some areas, careful is just natural for you. Maybe you're tactical in, in certain areas where, where you could go astray and head off into the dark. But in some areas, we're just given over to certain appetites and certain desires and certain histories. And we're just more prone in those areas go flying off the trail. Some of us are way too DIY in life for our own good. Uh, we're too confident in our ability to figure out things and address problems. I've seen that over and over again. I've, I've told you stories about my home improvements, right? I'm the guy who, as a young man, uh, took out all the transmission fluid in his minivan and, uh, as he thought he was changing the oil and then poured four or five extra quarts of oil in his oil pan and killed his car. Thank you very much. All I had to do was make sure that I turned this nut and not this nut when I was draining the pan, but I wasn't careful, and it cost me a car. I'm the guy who thought he would, you know, kind of even out his backyard with the tractor that he had rented, and, 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 uh, and I, you remember this one, this is more recent, and so I was blading, you know, and pushing the dirt around my backyard, and every once in a while the tractor would jerk as I got up near my house, and I hadn't realized that there was this big arm with a scoop on the end of it that was smashing into the ridge line of my roof. <laughs> and what maybe saved me a couple hundred bucks and just, you know, grading out my yard cost me, you know, way more <laughs> in fixing the roof that I had destroyed. Uh, how did all of these mistakes happen? Not intentionally, I'll tell you that for sure. I wasn't trying to spend more money. I just wasn't careful. I wasn't tactical. 
I was impetuous, unwise. And so Paul says here, hey, listen, look before you leap. Watch your step. Mind the gap. That's how you'd say it in England. Choose wisely. Hey, husbands, when you're talking to your wives, choose your words wisely. Be tactical as you find the wise path that God has for you. But it's not just look carefully, it's be wise. And uh, wise goes to being practical. Because here, here's what wisdom is. Wisdom is knowledge applied, okay? And, and here's, here's a problem with most churches, most Christians, this one included. We're great listeners. We're great nodders. That's true, yes. We're lousy at putting knowledge into practice, okay? Because I know that I know that I know that three sli- three, three. <laughs> Three slices of meat lover's pizza chased with three Diet Cokes at 8.30 at night is a bad idea. I know that. Three slices of meat lover's pizza anytime is a bad idea at this stage of my life. But shoot, you put that Romano's meat lover's pizza in front of me at 8.30, it's going down, right? <laughs> because I don't care about whys at that point. I care about tasting that delicious bite. And I certainly have to chase it down with something, and water's no good. I need the bubbles. And so I'll slam the caffeine that causes me to lay awake in my bed at 2.30 before I preach saying, why did I do that again? Right? I would submit to you that most of us as Christians, the problem isn't knowing. You've been around the truth for a long time. You could get up here and do this. Maybe it would terrify you and you'd rather be dead. But as far as knowing what to say, not an issue. Choosing it when it matters most, following our Savior as he leads, therein lies the problem. So Paul tells the Ephesians, and I'm telling the Baylifers, walk in wisdom, be careful. What else goes into walking the walk of the wise? Well, we need to walk with purpose. Paul goes on, he says, look carefully now you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. That word there that we translate the best use is a Greek word that basically means buy back or redeem. It uh, refers to the marketplace. If you're, uh, you know, have sold something or pawned something maybe in our modern vernacular and you want to go get it back, you, you go get it back. Kairos there is the word for time, but in other translations it's translated opportunity. So basically it's like, hey, redeem your opportunities. Why? Because the days are evil. The world that we live in and the time that we've been given, it can be given over to the life that we were saved from, to the things that we were saved from when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We can spend our time either honoring and glorifying God or honoring and glorifying ourselves. And Paul says, walk with purpose. Choose wisely. After we talk about time on a night that we're uh, uh, losing an hour of sleep, right? I always get so mad at this time of year. Oh, I'm going to lose an hour of sleep. But you know what I love? October, when I gain an hour of sleep, right? What do you do with that hour? Some of you are like, I sleep, Mark. It happens in the middle of the night. Okay, but what do you do with your other hours? 
Everybody here gets 60 minutes an hour, 24 hours a day, 8,760 hours a year. What do you do with them? Probably about a third of them you're sleeping. What do you do with the other ones? Well, Paul's saying, hey, redeem every one of them for the glory of God and the advancement of his purposes and his plan for your life. I can tell you, uh, in this most recent run for me and my Christian walk, I'm learning the power of subtle tweaks when it comes to leveraging my time. I'm amazed at how many things I just kind of do because I do. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's just my habits. It's just how I live. But there's incredible ways that you can inject more Jesus and all in favor of injecting more Jesus into life. Everybody with me on that? There's incredible ways that you can do that if you're just careful and you look for the opportunities to do so. I pray. Anybody in here pray? A lot of people pray. Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, I'm going to confess something. You don't have to if it's not you. And if it's not you, I'm really happy for you because up until more recently, it's been me, that I pray when it's time. I pray when it's appropriate, before meals, before I preach. Okay. It's not that I don't mean what I pray or pray with feeling. I, I do, but I, I pray when I'm supposed to. Right? And a lot of Christians, that's what we do. And, and what I've realized is that if I just pray when I'm supposed to, I'm praying the very least that I can. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the very least praying that I can in my life because I'm just praying when, I'm, when it's appropriate. And so here's what God's kind of caused me to think about. Hey, what if you took other times in your day that aren't just the times that you're supposed to pray and you prayed then? What do you think would happen? I said, I don't know, Lord. Let's, let's try it out. And so I've started praying more. And I could tell you that whatever I did with those half hours or you know, sometimes hours that I would, I'll, I'll sit and just pray when it wasn't my normal time to pray, I don't know what I did with those things before, but it's, it doesn't hold a candle to what I'm experiencing in my relationship with Christ when I pause to talk to him. And, I, and, I, and listen, when I'm praying, I'm not just going through the grocery list. I got a lot of things just like you that I want him to fix. But we're just talking. And I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm praising him, and I'm thanking him, and I'm, I'm amazed by him, and I'm listening to him. And I don't know what I did with those hours before. Stared, you know, blankly at a computer, typed some emails. You know what I figured out? Those can wait. I'd rather spend time with my Savior. And it's making a difference in my passion for my Lord. Subtle. Not a huge, you know, time eater, but a big difference maker. You know what else I did? I started listening to worship music. Some of you are like, you don't listen to worship music? No, I haven't. I'll be honest with you. I sing with you guys on Sundays, but when I, you know, get in my car, it's sports radio. Or if I go golfing and I have my little speaker, I always have my speaker, I'll listen to my favorite hits from middle school and high school, right? <laughs> Come on. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with secular music. I'm not going to preach that message. We don't, we're not going to burn our albums when we leave here this morning, okay? But here's what I'm discovering. If I take that time that I just, you know, flippantly just kind of dedicate to my past and my nostalgia or to my, uh, you know, sports allegiances, and, and I instead pop in some music that actually praises God, I'll be honest with you, a lot of the songs on praise and worship music, I don't like them. I think they're too syrupy. I'm like, come on, sister, pick it up. Anyway, <laughs> so I don't listen to all of them, right? I don't think they're all good, but we have this ability now with our devices to skip. Isn't that great? Don't like that one. 
And I'll just keep popping on the music. And here's what happens. I get done playing golf, and instead of singing, Back in Black! Or whatever, right? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, as I'm putting up my golf clubs, I'll sing, Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. I, I, I heard that song for the first time in the last couple months. I came to Darnish all excited. Have you heard this song, Oceans? I love this song. She's like, Mark, it came out in 2013. <laughs> my bad. Sorry. I still like it. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, walk with purpose. Leverage the hours that you're given. Seek new ways to inject more Jesus. That's what it is to walk the path of the wise. Walk knowing the will of God. Walk knowing the will of God. It says in verse 17, therefore, therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Foolish there is basically a word that means stupid. And foolish, just, let's, just to be clear, if, if you want to kind of define foolish, Foolish is anything that you think, say, or do that is apart from the will of God. He kind of sets it up here. He, he contrasts the two. Don't be a fool. Walk in the will of God. And so if you want to, you know, when you think the word fool, you know, even in recent years in, in slang, it's like, what's up, fool? You know, uh, but uh, not so much now, but when I was younger. Anyway, but, but fool in God's vernacular, in God's vocabulary, is just anybody who does anything that isn't his, his ways, his, his idea, his truth. That's a fool. So, so Paul says, listen, man, walk as wise and not as unwise. Make the most of every moment. Don't be a fool. Walk in the will that God gives us. We should look for God's will signs. Back before Siri, you actually had to pay attention to street signs. Anybody remember those days? Like you couldn't just follow the blue line as it turned right to wherever you were going. You had to actually, you know, say, where do you live? I live on, you know, uh, Donegal Streets, uh, 316 Donegal. Okay, where's that? And you, you got the lefts and rights from whoever you were going to go see. And then you say, but you got to be careful because there's a big tree by my road and it kind of covers the sign. You got to be looking for it. It'll sneak up on you. And who's ever gone past the street that you were looking for, right? And you're like a, a mile down the road and your wife finally says, Mark, you, got, you had to have missed it, right? And you're like, okay. And then you turn around. And what made you turn around? The mission was to find Donegal Street. You didn't just try to pop off at somebody else's house. Well, this looks like a nice street. That looks like a great house. I guess I'll go there for dinner. And it's not what you do, right? You're trying to get to this one spot. And so you turn back if you have to so you can find the one place you're looking for. Isn't that like the will of God? Listen, I'm not saying you haven't blown past the will of God in your life a couple different times. I have too. But the wise man says, oops, missed it. I need to go back. I need to find where I'm supposed to be. Walk, not just knowing, but choosing and following the will of God. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Let's have a conversation. Here we go. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery but be filled with the Spirit. Love this verse every time I get to preach it. Uh, I've loved it in the past because I get to say, of all you people who are out there 
casually drinking too much, you got to stop. It's not right. I don't care if you're in a safe place, someone's taking your keys, it's for a celebration. The Bible's really clear. It doesn't say never drink. So all you teetotalers, relax. (laughs) But it does say don't ever cross the line into being under the influence here of wine. Well, I would would broaden it and say of any drug or anything that could take control of your thinking. Don't do that. People come to me and they say, okay, so how many? (laughs) How many can I have? And I just personally, like, God's convicted me of that conversation because here's what you're doing as a Christian. You're saying, how close to sin can I get? How close to evil can I tiptoe and still be in righteousness? I don't know if that's the conversation Jesus wants us to have. I don't even think that's the point of this verse. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. The Greek word debauchery, this is so great. It's asotia. It's basically without life. Being under the influence of anything other than the Holy Spirit is is being without life. But the point of this verse, just so we're clear, is not the drunk part. It's the filled part. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now let's talk. In our current world, being filled with the Holy Spirit in some circles has come to mean that you're charismatic and that you're expressing the the sign gifts in a charismatic way. And and, and certainly that can happen. The manifestation of the Spirit can appear in those sign gifts if that's what God's gifted you to do. But uh, all of us who are Christians should live filled with his Spirit. In fact, I would submit this to you. If you're wondering where the lines are, here's how you figure it out. Dedicate yourself to surrendering your will to God's. Pray and ask him to fill you with his spirit. And upon receiving from him that blessing of being so in tune with him and so in step with him, then start asking the questions about the lines. Most of us come to the lines question with like 10% spirit in us. We're only asking about the lines because we want to get as close to the line as possible because we don't care what the spirit thinks or wants. We want what we want. That's why Paul says, hey guys, if you're going to be under the influence, be under the influence of God's Holy Spirit. And then see how wise your life turns out. Hmm. God wants to be in charge of us. That's why he demands us, uh, demands that we stay sober to him and for him. The only under the influence that we should be guilty of is the filling of his Holy Spirit. So with the last few seconds that I have with you, I just want to talk about what Paul says the the filling of the Holy Spirit looks like. What are the marks of the Spirit-filled wise walk? Well, uh, Spirit-filled people who are walking the wise path vocalize in the Spirit. Some are like, huh, what? Well, look what it says. It says, address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. We did some of that this morning, didn't we? Some of us weren't making melody, more cacophony, but uh, we were trying, and we were, we were singing so that God would be praised. But I would submit to you, that's not the only reason we were singing. Uh, fathers, you were singing, uh, hopefully around your kids if they're here with you, so that your kids would see you praise. 
so that your wives would hear that you love God. And fellas, I know some of you aren't singers. Sing anyway. Because God's worth it. And the example you set by singing will speak volumes to the family that God has given you spiritual headship over. Amen and amen and amen. Sing, boys. You know how they uh, used to memorize the things that the apostles would teach them? They'd put it to songs. I can sing you like the top 10 of every year in the 1980s. Parts of it, right? Because I just listened to it over and over and over again. That's how they would commit things to memory. And so, <laughs> in the same way that you and I will, you know, wisely comment on each other's lives saying, hey, you can't always get what you want, but if you try some hearts, if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. St. Jagger, right? <laughs> we throw out all kinds of, like, wise quips from songs that we've, now, they used to do it back in those days to the songs and the hymns that they would sing. And they, and they would, listen, they would edify each other. They would speak about God. Can I, can I challenge you this week to talk more about Jesus than you did last week? Not just to each other, but around those who don't know Jesus. Some of you are like, well, they'll think I'm weird. Hey, news, newsflash, you're weird. <laughs> if you're a Christian, you're a weirdo. You're not going to fit in. Quit trying. In fact, there's nothing worse than a Christian who's trying to fit in. Because you're completely living off purpose and off mission. You're like a lamp with a shade. Take the shade off. Talk about Jesus. Not in a way that's going to be like, oh wow, that almost went off. Not in a way that's going to be damaging, but in a way that makes people feel a little uncomfortable. Like, if you do something good, say praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And just watch people go, why'd you say that? Well, because I believe in Jesus. Why do you believe in Jesus? Gospel, boom, right? It's amazing what happens when we start talking about our Savior. Vocalize in the Spirit. Remain grateful to the Father. Oh, come on. This one's just I'm getting plowed by this one. This, this, I don't have time to go into this, but do you know how many times in the New Testament Paul's talking about something and then he pops in gratitude? Like he says, listen, don't be anxious, but in everything, you know, with prayers and petitions and supplications, make your request known to God, and then in there, just a little phrase, with thanksgiving, right? He talked in, in chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 4, he says, hey, don't, don't use your mouth for crude joking and coarse talk. Instead, use your mouth to say thank you to God. What a weird juxtaposition. He just constantly, the Bible is telling us, hey, shut up and say thank you. That sounds weird. But you get my point. Just be grateful. I can't tell you how this is revolutionizing my life with Christ. Because instead of coming to Jesus with my complaint box and saying, why aren't you doing it this way? And why isn't it this way? And why is that person doing this? And, and, and stop them and, and fix this and our world and this and that. I come to Jesus and I start my prayers with, wow, how amazing are you? I woke up today. Thank you. I got more food in my pantry than I can eat. Thank you. I'm going to get into one of the five cars that are under my name in the DMV because my kids are in the other three. And I'm going to drive to a job where I get to proclaim you and get paid. Thank you. You just start with that stuff. 
You don't see, you just watch and see how God changes your heart. You can still pray for the things that you need, but start with thank you. Paul says, hey guys, you want to be someone who is seen as being filled with the Spirit? Be grateful. Give thanks always and for everything. How much is that? (laughs) It's always in everything. What about the bad stuff, Mark? Yeah. Be thankful to God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then as we're going to talk about it in the next few weeks, stay submitted to one another. And you've got to come back for the rest of that. But I'll read it one more time. As Darnisha comes, we're going to sing as we close. But he says this. He says, is she already there? No, she's coming. TV blocks, I can't see. Read it with me. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Listen, you speaking about Jesus shows that you're filled with the Spirit. You being grateful to Jesus shows that you're filled with the Spirit. Those are signs of that. But you know one of the chief signs? He's going he's to expand on this one. One of the chief signs that you're walking in the Spirit is that you are willing to prefer others above yourself. You're going home to your relationships as husbands and wives and you're saying you first. You're going to your kids and even as you parent them, I'm not saying take your hands off and serve them and, you know, in such a way that would be damaging to them, but you are parenting not so that you can have control but so that they can have God's best in their lives as your kids. It's different. As children, you are loving your parents and submitting to them, not because you have to, but because you love Jesus and as an act of being filled by his spirit and showing your love to Jesus, you submit to your parents. It's, it's a game changer. If we can figure this out, our homes will change, our church will change, our world will change. So come back in the next couple of weeks, we'll talk more about it. Will you stand with me as we sing? I surrender all. you're going to pray this one with me. You're not just going to listen to me. You're going to agree with me on this one. Okay? Everybody praying with me? Let's pray. Lord, we come to you now as your church. Uh, Many of us in here, probably most of us in here, having already found faith in you. For those who haven't yet, I pray that that's soon and that we would choose you and trust you. But for those of us who know you, our prayer to you for this day, tomorrow, the next day, the next week, is that we would be surrendered to you alone, that you would fill us with your spirit, that you would guide us in our path, that we would choose not to just know about you, but to follow you and to honor you with every thought, word, and deed. We surrender to you, Father. 
Church, do you surrender? We surrender to you, Father, because you are worthy, not just of our praise, but of our lives. May you receive the glory you are due from us as we seek to submit to you and to those around us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen? God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.